Hey, the difference between having faith and being a fool is subtle, but it's a very powerful distinction. And we're going to talk about it today. Faith versus being a damn fool. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Yellow Chair Podcast with X, where we deep dive into the stories that drive our lives. All right, fam, I may ruffle a few feathers out there, but in my experience, many of us, and myself included, I've been here. We use this thing called faith to hide from what's really happening in and around our lives. We connect to this idea of a higher power, whether we call it God, spirituality, the universe, the energy, the unseen, the secret, doesn't matter what we call it. We say we believe in it. We have faith. And we use this moral high ground sometimes to hide from what's actually happening in our lives. And I say that's foolish. And I think it negates the whole idea and purpose of what faith is. And I had to learn this the hard way. And, and over the years of really wrestling with this inside of myself, of, 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 of believing in this so-called higher thing and not seeing it materialize in my life, I came to realize that I was actually hiding inside of faith and not leveraging it to actually empower myself with a story that gave me the, the best of all worlds, the best of the ability to perform, the best of my happiness, success and fulfillment, the best in all manners of the word speaking, like, like faith should serve you, not arrange you in a position where you turn a blind eye to what's actually going on in your life. And that's the fine line between being faithful and being a damn fool. And I want to talk about that here today. I define faith as, how do I say this? It's the empowering capacity to think, feel, and act as if the facts and circumstances of your current condition are not the determining factors in your outcome, in your possibility. In other words, you have faith beyond the tangible, beyond the physical, beyond the resource, because you are able to somehow, some way to think, feel, and act as if, as if this thing that you seek to create is not only accessible, is not only possible, but it's yours. So you think, feel, and act as if this is living in faith. And this is what I call having your faith chain unbroken. But that does not mean wholesale ignoring what's actually happening in your world. That does not mean hiding from the fact that some shit is broken, hiding from the fact that some things are not working the way you want. That's that line between faith and being a fool. Now, traditionally speaking, when we think about faith, the, the, the definition that comes to mind is believing in something not real. <laughs> and think about that. If you have belief in something that's not real, how smart is that? How intelligent is that? How does that match and mirror and, and, and measure up against every facet of our life where we see this very tangible, concrete X's and O's, this equals that factually based living, experiencing, touching, tasting with our senses, the whole nine. 
how does that idea measure up? It doesn't. And that's the, the scapegoat of it all. I don't have to. It doesn't have to be measurable. It doesn't have to be there. It doesn't even have to be true. I just believe it. But I think that's, that's that line where we cross and turn something that is beautifully empowering into something that is, in my opinion, foolish. You heard that ding? That's my phone confirming. AX, you got it. Foolishness. <laughs> but getting back to it, because I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in God and spirituality and all of it. But how do I connect this back and divorce it from this idea of just giving my blind faith to a thing? And here it is. When we live as if, we are not ignoring the facts on the ground. We are incorporating them into our journey. And we're using them to calculate, to make us even more congruent with our desired reality. Meaning, we aren't just believing what's not real. We are believing in our capacity to shape, bend, mold what's real into a form that better fits the world we want to see. So regardless of my actual power to do so, regardless of my actual resources to do so, regardless of how long it seems like it would take, I believe in that capacity to shape, bend, and mold my current reality into this new world that I see and envision and live as if in. That is faith. That is the word becoming flesh, if you're into spiritual literature. It's not just the empty idea, I believe. I believe. <laughs> if we were to use that as an actual measure in our life and we were truly transparent and honest around this idea of just believing and manifesting, we would see more times than not that that leaves us with a lot to be desired. Sure, circumstantially, we can seemingly see these miracles unfold in our lives, but more times than not, we had to do something to complete what I call that faith chain. That faith chain, right? So, so, so here's that faith chain, right? The faith chain, again, is a strong interconnectedness of facts on the ground with energy and emotion to bend them into an empowering meaning lesson and blueprint for a new improved reality formed in this cauldron called your fucking will. This is what I want. This is where I'm going. This is what I seek. And I'm going to live as if this is my reality. Now, let me, let me give you an example of this. When, when I was growing up in Oakland, California, right? Um, I, I, people have heard my story many times, right? The ghetto, urban environment, rough place. Uh, my uh, freshman class in my high school, Mac, we started out with about 500 students. How many of us graduated? I tell the story all the time. Only about 30-something of us graduated. That's crazy, right? And, and all of the memories, and not all of them, but a, a lot of the memories, and a lot of the things that I recall, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of tragedy and trauma. There's a lot of things that, man, if the average person had to deal with, they would have a lot more empathy, connectedness, and understanding of what it means to grow up and through that type of environment. But let's just, let's just 
take that circumstance and detach ourselves from it for, for a second and then ask the question of how do we live in faith through the tragedy and trauma and drama and pain of that type of experience? Well, listen, I don't know the math exactly, but let's say 85% of the freshmen in, in my high school class didn't graduate, don't know what happened to them. There are 15% who did. So if I was being a fool, this is how I would approach that circumstance. I would have said to myself, I'm not going to be one of them. I'm going to be one of the ones who do graduate, period. Faith, just, just blindly, just I will. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But here is where the faith chain becomes complete, congruent, useful, and serving you and empowering you to actually make it happen and to co-mingle with this unknown entity, this unknown force, or this thing that we can't measure, whether we call it God, spirit, universe, it doesn't matter. When we collectively seek to conspire with it, we have to do our part. So when I'm going to, and I'll give you a story, I'll give you a story, like I said to myself, I'm going to be in the 15%. Maybe that wasn't a conscious decision when I was in high school, but my activities showcased that. And I remember and I was thinking about this topic and I was sharing with someone. Uh, when I used to go to parties in high school, I remember clear as day, I would go downstairs into our garage and my dad had some bulletproof, bulletproof vests down there. I would put on the bulletproof vest. I would strap up then put on my, my rayon button up shirt, tons of cologne. Tons of cologne, some buffaloes, uh, buffalino sneakers or boots and go to the parties just fresh to death. Like, yes, I'm the man just feeling it. But why did I put on a bulletproof vest? I was like, man, I'm not going to get shot. I am not about to get shot and die here at this party. Right. But lo and behold, um, I forget the kid's name or where it was exactly. But someone died at a house party, got shot. And I remember reading about that and I was like, man, I got on a bulletproof vest. I'm not going to do that. Then I was like, wait a minute. What if someone shoot me in the head? And then I was like, damn, they don't have a bulletproof vest for your head. I look crazy walking around with a helmet. And then I said, well, why do I even go to parties? It was for the girls, y'all. I was girl crazy when I was growing up. I, I, man, that's, that's the only thing I lived for. It was girls, girls. And then I said, you know what? I can get girls or I could talk to girls in a different way. I can go to the mall during the day. Don't tell me people get shot at the mall. Right. <laughs> like I went through this whole process of weighing and measuring and calculating. And I was like, no more parties. I didn't go to a single another house party after that. They were gone. They were they were off the table. House parties are out. No parties for X. None. Zero. None. Didn't want to get shot. And that's what I mean by my faith chain. I was super serious about finding a way out of the ghetto and out of my experience and trying to find a way to live into my highest and best self. But it wasn't a blind faith. I'm going to make it. Right? I believe it. I'll achieve it. Nah, you better make some changes. You better Pay attention to what's actually happening. You better look at the story and the script that you're running and ask the question, well, how do I create favorable conditions? How do I conspire 
with this thing called the universe and God and miracle to make this thing happen. Because when you start to do it in that way, you create a more probable reality, right? The faith chain is not only not broken, but you have created a conduit and a propensity for it to happen. You are doing your part. It's kind of like, you ever been on a roller coaster? We went to um, Big Bear Lake uh, this weekend with the family, and we got on these roller coasters, these little like like two-person roller coasters. It was really fun. And you could actually control how fast you go with the brake. And I was riding with my daughter. She's 19. And I was like, I'm going to scare the shit out of her. So we're going down this roller coaster and I'm not riding the brakes at all. She's like, slow down, slow down, daddy, slow down. I was like, no, let's go. Like, it was fun. It was fun as hell. And we were shaking and moving and all this other stuff. And she was holding my camera. I had her holding my camera, right? Like, she could have dropped it. Like, I would have been, I don't know if I, how I would have felt about that. But she was holding my camera. And when I was thinking about this, I was like, think about it this way. Imagine us going down that same roller coaster and instead of, my daughter holding a camera. What if she had a needle and some thread and her job was to put the thread through the needle, this little tiny eye of a needle. What do you think would have happened? She wouldn't have been able to do it with all the movement, all the shaking, all of it, right? It would have been highly improbable. We would have got to the end and the task would not have been completed. Right. And I think of just living blindly through faith, the foolish kind of faith is to believe that on the roller coaster ride, I will figure out a way to get it through there. I'll just keep pushing the needle at it and it will just miraculously go in. Nah, (laughs) it might happen every now and then, but not reliably, not like clockwork. The the propensity or the probability of it happening, you know, you're, you're not impacting in any significant way. But imagine if instead of a needle, I told my daughter to thread that through a cup, a big ass cup, a big gulp cup from 7-Eleven, a 64 ounce or whatever the biggest gulp cup they have, put a needle through that. Well, she'd have been able to do it. No problem at all. It would have been easy. Right. Why? Because we did our part. We gave the miracle the math it needs to make it more probable, right? We paid attention to the facts on the ground, and we said, before we do this activity, let's get the biggest damn cup we can and get this thread through it. And I think that's what it means to to not be foolish about all of this, to not put your life, your heart, your soul into an imagined thing that's not real, an imagined thing that's not only not real, but you aren't even doing your part to ensure that this force, this idea, this energy, this ethic has a conduit, a worthy vessel to push to and through because it sees firsthand, feels firsthand the activity, right? The, 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 the accountability, the, the, the notion of consciousness and intention coming to bear. Here's the part I'll play. I have faith that you're going to send me the thread to push through this needle or cup, if you will. Right. Because often, at least in my environment and circumstances, there, there was no guarantee that the needle would be there or the, the, the thread in this metaphor. 
But as long as I tried to create as big of a damn gaping hole as I could, I was living as if. In other words, paying attention to the facts that are on the ground, the things that are actually happening, not putting my head in the sand and pretending that it's just going to happen because I believe it, because I feel it, because I because I have faith in it, because I got on my knees and and I prayed about it. Listen, I come from generations of highly devout Christians who have given their life to being down on their knees praying for a thing. And the most moral, upright people you will ever meet. But they died poor. They died of circumstances alone. And, and I remember just kind of looking at all of these, these, these markers in the sand that said that Faith alone is not enough. It's not enough. And it's foolish to do so. It doesn't make you a fool. It's just a foolish activity. It's not a strategy that helps you to conspire with that energy, to conspire with that thing that is out there, I believe, working toward our greater benefit. We have to create the conditions in our world to make those things probable and to create a space where the propensity for them to happen is, is, is governed by our capacity to play our part. Our part. So I want to encourage you here that your faith is, is, is magnified exponentially when it's not just a thought exercise. It's not a wish, a hope, or a prayer. It's more along the lines of an opening of the way because you've created the conditions here in the parts that are tangible, factual, and real. Every part of it, you've done the things that you can in faith, living as if that the parts that are not needed or not not needed, the parts that you can't see, that you can't touch, that you can't measure, that you don't have access to, they're there. They're there. And you're working diligently today with what you have in a way that makes it all the more real. Real. And, 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 and I'll leave you with this. What these parts all have in common, whether we're talking about faith or facts or anything else in between, the thing that they have in common is always you. You are at the center of it. So your experience, right, the theme, the story, the essence of how things will jump off, it comes to and through you. So how, how, how smart is it to remove you from the equation when you're at the center of it? This is your world. And the facts that are happening on the ground, the one that you stand in, are relevant. They're just not always the ones that will dictate the outcome, but they are the variables and the inputs that you have to play with. So why do you choose to ignore them? Right? I believe it's divine to face our reality and to still live as if by courageously and heroically saying, watch me work. Right? You can't work in faith, or should I say, your faith isn't seen without work. That reminds me of um, 
Tupac in uh, the song, uh, Dear Mama. He says, Mama made miracles every Thanksgiving, meaning I don't know how she did it, poor, with nothing. But she was still able to make a great meal every year. Faith. Here's the ingredients I actually have to work with. Now watch me work them into this great meal because I have faith that these ingredients, right? The sum of the parts that I have, they don't equal this whole, this thing that I'm seeking to create. And this is the expression of faith, a faith that serves, empowers, and allows us to be of enduring impact to ourselves and those we love and lead. The other kind of faith is great for a bumper sticker, it's great for a movie, it's great for a line in a book, and the sheep out there who remove themselves from the center of their universe, their own accountability, their own will, their own power, right? Don't remove you. You are an important part of the equation. Have faith that the other part will be fulfilled if you play yours and live as if. And I promise you, your faith chain, if unbroken, you will experience the miracle when you handle the math. I'm out. Hey, fam, thanks again for joining me in the yellow chair. I want to invite you to go even deeper to take this to the next level by pulling out your phone and texting me at 800-425-2095. That's 800-425-2095. That's my direct number. Type in the word yellow chair. And when you text me, you'll be joining my X Factor weekly insider community where I send out resources to help you to continue to storify your life and to lead your story. So don't miss that opportunity. 800-425-2095. Thanks again for joining me here in the yellow chair. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share these podcasts. We're trying to change 100 million people's lives and you're a part of that. So thank you again and I see you in the next yellow chair. I'm out.